Welcome to the Hello Judges podcast, sponsored by Taylors of Harrogate. I'm Will Woodhouse-Banks and I love coffee competitions, both competing in them and talking about them. This episode is also sponsored by Special Guests Coffee. Special Guests is a monthly subscription of top-end specialty coffee curated by two-time UK barista champion Paul Ross. Check it out at specialguestscoffee.com. So, as you might have guessed, my guest this week is Paul Ross. Paul has competed and been successful across loads of competitions in the UK coffee scene, most recently this year taking second place in Brewers' Cup. I really enjoyed catching up with Paul, and I hope it might give you some things to think about if you're thinking about competing yourself. The small pots in front of you are for your used spoons. Please enjoy. Well, welcome to the podcast, Paul Ross. Uh, founder of uh, founder of Special Guests Coffee Subscription, yeah. UK Barista Champion 2019 and 2021. Um, 20, I think it might have been 2020. I think it's 19 uh, and 20. Okay. Uh, UK Coffee and Good Spirits Champion 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, second place in Brewers Cup last year and uh, International Coffee Coach of Will. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Mm. Uh, did I miss any other awesome achievements? Um, no, I'm quite. I'm, yeah, <laughs> okay, uh, that is that is it. Yeah. So uh, on on that topic, uh, before we start, I had a message from someone. Uh, a question for Paul: Why are you too lazy to go and win them all? Just do it. Also, maybe hurry up before Aga does it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> if only it was that easy, right? Yeah. So how did you get started in competitions? Like why, how did you get started? Why do you do it? Um, why did I get started? Um, I worked for, well, I trained in specialty with Harrison Hall. Yeah. And they had a strong um, training program and presence in the competitions um, through union and other, other people within the business at the time. And um, when I when I started, I thought, you know, it appealed to my competitive side and uh, I got involved. Um, they had an internal competition. We competed in that. And then they sponsored us to go to the nationals. Excellent. Yeah. Lots of uh, UK BC judges have come out of Harrison Hall. Yeah, I think, to be honest, uh, over the years, a lot of um, because Harrison Hall and Taylor Street were into into well, they were connected in a way and yeah. so through taylor street and harrison hall you either see judges or competitors or people in the coffee world um that have a link back to one of those two companies it's quite quite a small world yeah absolutely uh what coffee are you drinking at home at the moment um I, i've got a, i've got a uh, i've got to plug my own unfortunately or fortunately um yeah. it is the immaculada natural geisha um from colombia Excellent. Uh, I need to buy some. Oh, can can I buy some? I'm not subscribed. Anyway, well, we'll it's, it out. yeah, I've actually got two different coffees. Um, I've got the um, family family reserve. Yeah. Um, and then I've got the signature series, which is uh, the level above, um, because they do a tiered system on the farm. So yeah. Kind of, kind of compare comparing the both of them. It's exciting. Yeah, we got to cut both of them. We've bought um, the family reserve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let me know how to buy those two off you, like even just a little bit so I can do some benchmarking. That'd be That'd awesome. Be nice. yeah. uh, so 
Let's get started with some uh, competition questions. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice before the first time you competed, what would it be? Um, good question. Um, I think I think weirdly, uh, it's not so much what I'd do. I'd, I'd do the same thing again. Is is uh, in the in terms of sort of naivety or ignorance is bliss is the saying and yeah. i think that's, i think that's quite a good way of seeing it because because it has all this nuance and complexity and everything else with it that just doing it getting involved is a very key part of that once you start the journey it's a lot easier to continue yeah would you say that's along the lines of what advice you'd give to first-time competitors or people who aren't sure about competing yeah and i think like the 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 i get i get a few messages every year i put out sort of a post about competitions and um the the key thing to it is uh fi finding people that are interested in the same thing and it's not so much um not everyone needs a coach and all these things but you just need to find someone that's interested in it to do it with you because uh it's a lot of work and it's much easier to do together and yeah. so two new competitors working together is much more um beneficial and maybe potentially enjoyable um way of doing it i mean i, I was fortunate enough to join a company um who had multiple competitors and in that way you know you could train together you could learn more and generally um make it a an easier experience right so we were talking about first-time competitors any other reasons you think is a good reason to get for people to get into competition if they're not sure about it if they're not sure about it then i think then it's there's only one way you're going to be sure and that's if if you do it or get involved in some way um i don't think that yeah it's the, it's the power of doing something right um, yeah and i think that's, a, that's true of lots of things is you know um you could do a tasty tasty a taste uh the taste the pottery class and figure out okay it's not for me fine yeah or like you know you can do um in competitions i, I mean majority of my experience is in barista championships but there's no nothing stopping you doing cup tasters or something that requires you know less equipment less expense potentially yeah and just more accessible in terms of um what you need to do um okay you know it's a different skill set um potentially and also there is an element of barrier to entry in terms of cost but yeah. it, it it i think it's a it's a excuse the pun but like a, a taster session into like what goes into these things and the you know you also see some of the benefits like the camaraderie and things like that without having to buy uh six napkins or whatever it may be <laughs> yeah no, that's good you mentioned that because one of the next questions I was going to ask was how much do you think um, cost is a barrier to entry to these sort of things? Well, I think it's kind of well documented at this point and people um, much more involved than me even have, have commented on, on the element of cost. I think to achieve um, the, well, especially at the world level, uh, let's talk at the world level firstly is like to achieve a certain level to be there involves an element of cost 
there, yeah. there is always going if you're trying to be the best in the world at anything there's an element of cost yeah and, and that's just the the reality of it um whether we can as an industry change that and and make it more um of a level playing field um there, there is always going to be an element of cost right and especially yeah. in an event where you all physically need to be in the same space so that you someone's going to have to travel right yeah so we can't all walk to whatever it is so i think there's an element to that i do think that um there is businesses and sponsors that are willing to subsidize that cost um because ultimately there is an upside for businesses to be involved yeah and sponsors and that's why it happens so it's about finding if if this is the thing you want to do finding the people to work with that will support that and also um are aligned in your in your goals right yeah um, because there's a there's often a, a a challenge where essentially there's only ever one winner right yeah and, and multiple sponsors want to win so typically if I don't know, 100 people enter there's going to be 99 upset people and one person that's happy right yeah and so um i think it's it cost isn't i mean cost is an element completely yeah I think, absolutely i think one of the we always talk about cost in the competition world but the reality is um potentially very different to um what people think and i think um I refer back to this, the second place in the Brewers Cup, and I put out a um, a post about how much it cost me. And I yeah. think this, it's very important. I'm not saying that's a lot of money or not a lot of money. You, it, everyone can decide whether that's for themselves. And it, essentially, it came, it boiled down to I think I spent 500 pounds or 450 pounds on brewing competition this year. And each individual or each company can decide whether that's a lot or not a lot. But that's the reality. And I think we need to talk on terms that are equal because we say it's expensive, but it's all relative, right? How, yeah. how expensive is it? Yeah, someone else's expensive might be someone else's inexpensive. Exactly, right. So um, in terms of this, like thinking about all the competitions you've done, are there any particular companies or people, just thinking about you know opening things up, being accessible, are there any companies or people that have particularly supported you with equipment and other sort of things that you'd like to just sort of make known? Um, I think it's all relative to the time and place, right? Yeah. Um, each year is very different, and that's especially when the world went into lockdown for two years. There's a very much a well dramatic change in landscape, both um, in terms of companies and, and finances. And so, you know, I think that all the people I've worked for in the past have been, I say all the people, majority of the people that I've worked for in the past have supported competitions. And um, my world's last year was supported by Watch House. Previously before that uh, was Kiss the Hippo and then um, Origin before that. Um, you can, a good way of finding out who, who is keen in, in, in supporting competitions, looking at where past competitors worked um, or um simply you know talking to companies or businesses um yeah. businesses typically outside of those um that i've worked with have often sort of either lent me or 
gifted gifted me things um to use um but typically the more expensive items are either are lent or uh, or borrowed off a friend or something like that um, yeah <laughs> lewis lewis uh, lent me lots of things for the brewers cup for example um Araya, um gave me three or four brewers um to use so yeah. there's there's certain companies like that um depending on what they have at the time or or uh, focused on at the time um are able to help you out yeah excellent shout out to uh lewis at functional accessories horia yeah. uh, Aurea. exactly excellent yeah um, probably a million i missed out as well over the time but uh, yeah they're the ones that come to my head right now uh would you say that the competition scene and competing in competition has changed your life and career yeah i, th I think it has um interestingly i saw a I saw a comment the other day that I don't think that we can um, say that competition is is how you should um, val value your career. Yeah. I think that's probably the best way of saying it. Um, but at the same time, it offers exposure to a larger audience and um, it it helps you refine your own skills. So irrelevant of of the position, you you can find value in 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 that. Um, however, like you know, clearly, it you, you look at the world um, barista champions; they have huge exposure and huge opportunities potentially off yeah. the back of that. I do think I do think that's changing though, um, because as more and more champions are crowned, then it becomes harder to differentiate yeah great between uh you've competed in all the major competitions aside from i guess roasting and have you done cup tasters i've done cup tasters i haven't done roasting i haven't done latte art. ah yes latte art, that was the other one um yeah. so between like brewers cup and barista and yeah. maybe sigs as well like which one do you personally prefer oh they're all very different they're very different. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed Brewers this year, but it was a very different challenge. Um, yeah, I'd never done it before. It was learning something new, um, and that's very different. Coffee and Good Spirits is is scored differently. It's is obviously to do with alcohol as well, um, and that's very different. And then uh, Barista Championships is the one I've spent most time on. Yeah. Um, it's probably like the one I follow the most as well. Um, but I would say probably barista if, if I was, if I was to choose, but to be honest, I think that's maybe changing over time. I don't know. Yeah. Depends what day you ask me. <laughs> Do you think any of those competitions in particular, um, make the most difference to pushing the industry forward? It depends what you mean by pushing the industry forward. Yeah, I, I um, also am because, unsure. Yeah, because I think, interestingly, we talk about lots of different ways you could push it forward. If you wanted, um, you know, wider mass appeal, I think actually latte art is great because um, it's so visual that yeah. that it's easy to to spectate it's easy to to um 
just generally see the difference. Um, whereas with barista and brewers, you just don't get to try the coffee. Yeah. Um, so, but with that being said, you look at you look at the last fifteen years of competitions and how many innovations have come out of that that we now use is 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 wild. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about grinders and tools and uh, all kinds of things, techniques, um, science. Um, I think interestingly, for me anyway, that it competition allows um, competition allows for people to do otherwise uneconomically viable things. Yes. So, I mean, for example, um, coffee I used last year, the mocha. Without exposure at the world, it's a less marketable coffee and it's really hard to grow. It's hard to justify to buy. It's really hard to brew and roast. Um, and ultimately, without competition, we might not have got to try that. Yeah. Um, so I think in terms of that, it, it allows us to highlight smaller lots. It allows us to do different things and ultimately um, well, with the aim to push the industry forward, right? Yeah, excellent. So I've got a question that was uh, somebody asked, um, which I thought was quite interesting. So recently a couple of competitors in different competitions have been sort of they they use the term calling foul so do you think it's damaging to the competition that competitors like uh sasa cestic in the australian brewers cup he had that incident with the misunderstanding with the judges and he sort of called them out on instagram and um patrick rolf saying maybe he didn't win wbc because he didn't take the right kind of coffee but he knew he wasn't taking the right kind of coffee do you think it's sort of damaging to the competitions for people to be speaking out negatively or do you think that's constructive and beneficial um i was thinking about this recently actually um i mean irrelevant from the individual complaints right or, yeah. or whatever you call them um irrelevant of those because they're situation by situation you know i wasn't in australia or um at the world championships to know what happened right um that being said we, we I'm, I'm kind of empathetic to both sides uh competitors put in a lot of time effort yeah. resources to do the best they possibly can and it's disheartening when you think you've been hard done by yeah that on the other side is we need judges we're asking for feedback and so we need to be able to have a conversation both sides of the coin yeah um, equally right um but that being said everyone is human so yeah. so there are going to be mistakes especially when this competition scene happens in 50 to 60 countries around the world um multiple different languages and and cultures so there's I'm kind of empathetic to both sides. That being said, I think we look at other sports. Um, I think, and I was, I was running earlier, and I was thinking, it's kind of like, um, how do you change the game whilst it's still going on? Is yeah. I was thinking, and I was thinking, uh, 
recently i know we had a conversation you said you don't watch sports but wbc is uh, is yeah is you. and i was like well in football they've for years they've always debated like offside right like what is offside how do you work it out and now they've got var and there's and there's still arguments over it right yeah. so that introduced years later and then the first thing that i saw of that of like hawkeye at wimbledon um so technology is coming into those sports where traditionally it wouldn't have been um and even in things like um yeah the like the nfl there's debate over you know did he catch it did he not it was it you know all these things right there's, yeah. in every sport there's these debates um and i think to be honest it's healthy because competitions get better yeah um everyone needs to be held to a standard and uh we'll do our best both sides of the coin to to do that both competitors and judges um there's always going to be mistakes so how we eradicate though that that's that's the discussion point yeah um that being said i think it's always difficult because as i mentioned earlier there's only ever one winner who's ultimately the happiest right yeah then then there's always going to be negative or some element of negative feedback for the rest of them like you weren't here you were slightly less or whatever um and that's and that's the challenge yeah that kind of feedback's hard to take when you've spent thousands of pounds and spent months of your life leading up to something but it's, it's just the way that these competitions are yeah and, and ultimately you know we, we we as competitors and judges never try the same cup of coffee yeah like you, you you have a rough idea what's in that cup but ultimately you didn't have that coffee yeah so you can't you can't share that experience necessarily do you have any um memorable routines that weren't your own that you particularly enjoyed might might not be your favorite ever but is there anything like like when you think oh what was a memorable good routine could be in any competition um is there anything that come to mind um my my favorite routine uh, it's it's easy it's easy to say is is uh is dales in 2017 i think from yeah. the worlds i think it was very well put together it was very um logical it was it was hard to argue with because there was science involved yeah um, and that really sort of you know turned it up as it were um in terms of what people were talking about and you know they won with an sl28 um yeah it was it was phenomenal right he took in he took in science he took in flavor he, he uh used the layouts for the first time in a different way um yeah it was a, it was a great routine yeah um, it was yeah i find the the ones i find uh more interesting and it's easier looking back now are um ones that sort of changed the game right so the use of the ek yeah. uh maxwell's water routine uh didn't necessarily you know win uh the world but you know everyone talks about it on a different level now um yeah those those ones are the ones that um really really mixed it up yeah excellent are you optimistic about anything in the future of competition like how do you feel about 
where competition's going? Do you think it'll stagnate? Do you think it'll change? Is there anything you're excited about? Um, I don't think there's a, a thing particularly I'm excited about in terms of competition. In, but the overall, or the overarching thing that is interesting is that we don't know what's coming. I think that's the interesting thing, right? Yeah. Um, so the uh, Barista Hustle tool that's just come out uh, that Anthony Douglas used, yeah. um, you know, that's going to change the game or, um, yeah, there's, there's various things that we just don't know. So two years ago, asked me, um, weirdly, like, Eugenoides ch changed the game. And so I didn't know that was going to come first, second and third at the World Barista Championships. Yeah. Said, you know, it's it, it changed the game. Um, personally, I'm really excited about frozen coffee. I think that's really interesting. Um, but I've spoken a lot about that. Um, and I'm freezing a lot of coffee. Um, but yeah, that's it's it's hard to it's hard to know what's going to come, right? Um, yeah. Interestingly, there's a lot more varietals. I think there's like you know over 170 varietals, and we try a handful. Whereas um, what what is there must be one of the 165 that tastes good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Great. So stepping away from competition now. A random personal question you got asked on uh, Instagram. What's your guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure. Uh, really, really bad TV, I think. <laughs> um, it's funny, like uh, one of my friends, uh, you know, does a city job, uh, very intelligent, um, you know, does. And then he, he comes home and watches maybe the worst TV that you can think of. <laughs> And he's just like, yeah, you just don't have to think. Um, when you're when you're thinking about, you know, dial-ins or routines or competitions all day or something complicated, and that could be applied to anyone doing any job. The easiest thing to watch is like Bake Off, you know, like, like, <laughs> like nothing, nothing particularly happens. It's funny. It's just, it's just, yeah. I don't, I don't bake necessarily, um, but yeah, it's just an easy watch. The other thing I think, and this is always sort of my advice for competitors I work with now, is is less of a guilty pleasure, but something that helps me is like have a have a hobby or you know my my thing is running. It's like I don't run with headphones; I just run. And but other people, you know, go to the gym or um, walk the dog or whatever it is, right? Just do something else other than just one hundred percent trained. Yeah it's it's good for the good for the mind yeah you'll burn out otherwise it's um scary how like similar some of your answers have been to what matt north gave me when i asked him the same questions he mentioned tv and bake-off um yeah hilarious um what's next for you paul like what's what's going on what are you excited about in general um what's next i think um now doing the competitions and having the career in coffee that I've had up to this point has given me a great um, view um, on the on, on the scene as it, as, it, as is at the moment. Um, obviously, I've not seen it all or done it all. And so at the moment, um, it's, it's about building the business, um, having the ability to share the coffees that I want to share. And also, I think highlighting the role of the barista more 
yeah. um in the sense that i think it's a skilled job um in i mean not to get political but you know the cost of living and everything else that's going up that we're talking about and the hospitality crisis of, of finding good baristas it shows that actually there is a huge difference between good and you know not so not so good baristas and how do we elevate that position of a skilled barista and um that's kind of what i'm working on at the moment it's, a, it's, it's some way of doing that and the start is, of it is sort of competition uh, competition sorry events where we serve competition style coffee can yeah. we you know um work that to, in a better model that shows that this this coffee is elevated at every stage the producer's done a fantastic job the roaster's done a fantastic job and then the barista has also done a fantastic job in order to bring that to the table that's really exciting and i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with it and ideally making it to a couple of events yeah I, I, yeah our first one's in it like well i don't know when this is going to go out uh the first one's short shortly at the moment and um as i said we've got two tiers of the same coffee that we're going to present and then after that there's a few more different things coming up um you know maybe something from mauricio once in a while yeah great well thanks for talking to me paul it's been great no worries yeah I appreciate what, your time. what do you find most interesting why have you why have you done this podcast um well i've i was writing um you know blog posts sort of dissecting my routine in ukbc and i was getting loads of you know good feedback from people people who I just really into competition. And I think in my mind, I've always thought of it as like so extremely niche, but then the people who are into it are really into it. And then it turns out it is actually a bigger, you know, swatch of people that are interested in competition. And, you know, I listen to a lot of nerdy coffee podcasts and there have been a few that touch on competition, but I thought I'd just, it would be nice to hear it from as many different perspectives as possible. So I thought, if you want something to happen, make it. Fair enough. And are you going to compete again? Um, I'm not competing in Barista Championship this time around. Um, okay. I'd, it'd be nice to have a year off. Like, coming second was really good. Like, it was my second time in Barista Championships. Uh, I was really happy with the result. Really happy to see Claire win. Like, she, she had worked so hard and absolutely deserved it. And I don't think I've got anything that I want to present or, you know, preach at the moment. I think if there's anything I feel really strong about that I want to tell a story of, then I'll get on board with it. But for me, I'm not really a competitive person, but if I've got something I want to say and do, then I'll make that happen. Yeah, fair enough. And what do you think um, about the uh dairy non-dairy uh debate that's going on at the moment because i don't i know you yeah i milk. i don't drink milk um and yeah i would love to see alternative milks introduced into competition i don't know how like how that looks how that works uh, again i talked to matt north about this as well and he was saying like how do you calibrate judges around the world what harmonious balance of uh, oat milk and coffee tastes like, what almond milk and coffee tastes like, and hemp milk. And, you know, there's a lot of variety to think about. And I'd like to see it happen. I just, luckily, it's not my job to figure out how it happens, right? Yeah. Yeah, I sit on the debate that you, 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 you kind of start creating another signature drink round 
Yeah. Um, for better or worse. I mean, I'm not saying that's, you know, I'm not saying I'm for or against it, but you, it does sway into that, doesn't it? Because, you know, there's other ingredients. It's not just oats in, yeah. in milk, for example. It was um, interesting uh, at WBC this year. I think it was um, Patrick Rolf. He added, was it a yeast or an enzyme to his milk? To oh, lactic enzyme. Some, yeah. Yeah. And I found that really interesting and that I I haven't reread the rules in regards to milk, but I was, you know, obviously he made it to the finals. I just well, thought that was quite surprising. My only thought on that is it must be a naturally occurring enzyme in milk yeah. that he's enhanced. Um, that'd be my, that'd be my gut instinct. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is, it is interesting. I'm, I'd, I don't I don't know how you even change the rules to be honest. Yeah. To to account for that. So but. in terms of that, with speaking with Matt North, he was like, it's obviously on the agenda, but um, there's no time because WBC's just finished, and uh, German Barista Championships is next month. So yeah. the next season's already about to kick off. Well, this is one of the challenges I think with BC in general um and actually all the competitions is it's this churning effect of it's always happening yeah um it's always happening um i talk about in sport they have three months downtime right so like typically across most sports have a month or two months or three months downtime depending on yeah. the sport uh, where the seasons sort of tick into each other um whereas bc there's always a champion there's always a like a rotating okay we're into the next one um and yeah i went for example um i like yourself i was like this year i'm not competing maybe i will again maybe i won't but this year i'm not competing to take that time out to be like okay find that thing i really want to you know get my teeth into and work out yeah definitely like doing it for the sake of doing it just feels a little bit pointless yeah i think it, de it depends right because when you start that journey okay say the uk championships is in november december january time which it has to be right or, well, yeah say it's in january the heats and then the semis and then by the finals you need to have something but the heats and semis like you know um you might not have so much of an idea of what you're going to do yeah. but you need to get them done and you need to get through and you need to do a good job in order to then have that opportunity to do a bigger thing later on yeah definitely you might be more passionate about or you might be able to justify more in the finals than you would be say yeah in the heats yeah for sure because it's a bigger project or whatever it may be yeah definitely great awesome thank you very much paul the, the other i have one final question actually, yeah <laughs> um I don't know if you're sorry if you have to go or something. No, um, I, I've I've got all the time in the world. I'm just cautious about keeping you. No, no, it's okay. Um, the did you did you see the debate this week um, between uh, you know a, fa a famous a famous coach and and some of the judges? I did see the debate this week. This was actually on my list of questions to ask you. Um, I asked it to Matt North, and I thought do we really have time to get into that but if if we've got time to get into it we do um yeah, sure. i don't have any sort of spicy opinions on it really like i read um ryan from watch house's comments on the blog 
um, that Trent Rollings had posted. Um, I, I've read all of it, and it's you know interesting to see it from both sides. You know, like competitors spending thousands of pounds, buying amazing coffees, training for months, and receiving a two, and then judges saying, "Well, your shots ran for ten seconds. It tasted like a two. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna put myself out there and say either party is wrong, um, but I'm definitely intently following it. Yeah. It was a very diplomatic answer. I feel like a politician. Do you have any hot takes? Um, I wouldn't say hot takes per se. I think like um, there's some very good points of both sides. I think we have to um, we have to consider that, um, like kind of going back to that original point, right? That we are all trying to aim for a certain thing from both sides of the coin and feedback inherently is typically at, at the debrief level negative per se. Yeah. Well, especially if it's okay. That's made us like it's, it's feedback at a stage where emotions are high. Yeah. And typically the score sheet says anything less than perfect is your score yeah. so so they they basically encourage or the score sheet encourages negative things like why it wasn't perfect not why your presentation or routine was good or coffee was good but more like are oh, you said plum not raisin which i tasted yeah so if you were to rephrase that and be like okay it tasted amazingly of raisin it just wasn't what you said and i think that flips it and that is a uh, sort of one of the arguments in there, but like the the conversation is a bit difficult because it's so nuanced, um, and I don't I think the the arguments against the judges are all sort of bundled into one argument. Whereas, yeah. are we arguing the scale? Are we arguing the quality of judges, or are we arguing the feedback? If we're arguing the scale, okay, then let's look at the scale. Two is average. By by recognition alone, like out of six, three should be average. So what we're actually judging is it against the level of coffee in that competition. Yeah. So like I think that's one of the arguments. The quality of judges, I'm in no position to say that, you know, they're not qualified to judge because a lot of them are more qualified than I am to taste coffee outside of the competition. And therefore, you know, um, they've been doing this a long time. And I think, you know, I haven't got any, as you say, spicy takes on that because, um, yeah, I just, I just can't comment. Um, and then finally, the feedback session is like what we just said. I think it becomes um, whatever ounce of negative feedback you get. Um, it's always hard to take in a high pressure, high intensity situation. I do agree with the the um, argument that the money element is is set aside. No matter how hard you trained or the money you spent, the the cup has to be judged as yeah. the cup is. Um, tip, typically, you know, uh, a more expensive coffee typically would score higher. Um, but that's not to say that you know 
I think there's a ceiling on that as well. Um, yeah. You know, you don't you don't have to have the most expensive coffee to win. Um, however, you know, um, as I said, typically more higher scoring coffees cost more um, at, at, at the green level. So like, yeah. there's not really any spicy take. I just think you, we have to have empathy both sides and talk on a level level playing field because um, everyone has a vested interest, um, which is also another thing to balance off, right? Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And so like, I just think it's very difficult. I think it, which is a really um, sort of, hard answer to give but it's very difficult both sides to say um to stay constructive and also you know push, go full circle push the industry forward yeah absolutely um but yeah uh people inherently are always going to disagree and it goes back to that argument that we don't try the same cup of coffee, so we can't debate on a level playing field. That's the, that is the challenge is a judge says one thing about your coffee that you disagree with, then, well, you didn't have the same taste experience. Yeah. So you don't know. Yeah, for sure. Like when I competed in the finals backstage, pulled my shots, was happy with them, went on stage, pulled a practice shot, it ran fine. But then all the shots I pulled during my routine were fast. Yeah. And and that was represented on the score sheet quite fairly. So Yeah. I think know. and to be honest, aside from like um flavor calls and um things like that, generally I would say on balance, most of the feedback I've got is fair. Okay, I might not agree with it all as bits, you know, like that frustrate me like everyone else but like i don't think that that piece of feedback that i disagreed with was the difference between coming third and first yeah i think it was probably okay you might have got a point there okay fine or like we can argue whether you clean the steam one properly or not but i just don't think that's the reason you won or lost yeah for sure um, i mean in some situations that might be the reason you win and lose but like i just don't think that that's changed for me that's been that's been a massive difference yeah great was there anything else that we haven't talked about that you kind of had on your mind that you wanted to chat about um not not particularly i mean yeah sweet i've really enjoyed this paul it's been great like delving into a few different topics that um are current and uh I think it would definitely be interesting for people listening who are into yeah. competitions. Yeah, well, I hope so. And uh, yeah, it'd be good to hear it. Great. Well, thank you very much, Paul. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Cheers, mate. Thank you. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Hello Judges. It was great to chat with Paul about recent happenings in competition and his perspective on things in general. Next week, my guest is Claire Wallace from Assembly Coffee Roasters. And also, Hello Judges is going to be live at Manchester Coffee Festival. I'll be interviewing two times World Coffee and Good Spirits champion Dan Fellows on the music stage on Saturday the 12th at 4pm. Come along for the recording and hear what Dan has to say about competition and how it's changed over the years. Make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date. You can follow us on at Taylor's Discovery on Instagram 
Taylor's Discovery on YouTube, and Hello Judges podcast on Spotify, Apple, and the usual podcast places. It's been an absolute pleasure to share this podcast with you today. Thank you. Time.